Welcome to the podcast of Church on the Rock in New Albany, Indiana. We believe the message you're about to hear will encourage you today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we're so grateful for that name. Jesus, we thank you for that all-conquering name. That no matter what it is we face, the name is greater. And it's under our authority to spend that we may accomplish the fullness of the plan upon this earth, utilizing that name. So we thank you for the greatness of that name. Hallelujah. And Father, we look to you tonight. We look to you for words and utterances that bring heaven to earth. And we give you all thanks and praise. May every... May every ear be a listening ear. May every eye, may they see. And may our hearts be open and receptive to take in and lay hold of all that belongs to us. And we give you thanks and praise. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Turn around and give a few people around you. Great big God bless you tonight. Then you can be seated. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I, uh, I just thank God that he knows what we need in every service. Jesus said to Dad Hagen, he said, I have a plan for every service. And I don't know about you, but I came for that plan. Because if the plan doesn't get fulfilled, we get shorted in the service. <laughs> right? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I, um, he was talking about angels, and I, I had, I've had a few experiences, probably not near all the experiences Dr. Jacobs has had. But I've had some that are interesting because they help us accomplish what we're assigned to, what we're called to. You know, what God has called us to is too big for man. It's going to require heaven's ability. And uh, angels are part of the ability of heaven. They cooperate. They don't come to just cooperate with anything. Their interest is in what God says. And uh, it's interesting because I had an experience that um, in 2012, um, God said to me, have Brother Norval Hayes in your church. Now, we've known Brother Norval. Well, I met him in 1984. And my husband had known him back in the 70s. And Brother Norval was one that God used to help Ed through a very difficult time. Uh, when half of his family left him, and uh, there was just an all-out assault on his life, on his ministry, on his mind. And uh, Brother Norville said to him, he said, uh, now this will help people. He said, Brother Ed, pray in the Spirit to get all the hurt out. If you don't, you could die prematurely. He said, I've seen too many ministers who did not get out the hurt and he said it ended up opening the door 
to the devil on them. And so he said, you pray in the spirit till you get everything out. And uh, so Brother Norville had always been very, uh, held a very precious place in our life because he brought divine answers to us. Um, but in 2012, God said to me, I want you to have Brother Norville in the church. Now, Brother Norville, through the years, had come to our church and minister. We hadn't seen him in, in a few years prior to that, but I didn't have the sense to call him. So uh, the next year, of course, my husband went home to be with the Lord, and then Brother Norville called me. And he said, Nancy, I'm going to be in your area. And he said, I'm available to come if you want. And I, of course, remembered what God said. And uh, I just, I, if I could say this, I'm a, I, I care about ministers, but I don't just book people out of courtesy. Because I want people who have something from God for us. And when God said, have Brother Norval. Uh, I said, Brother Norval, we'd love for you to come. So he came, and he came every year for the next four years till he went home to be with the Lord. And I said all that to say this because I had an experience in connection with that, is that the first night we had him, we had one of our ladies that was serving in the ministry of help. She had been actually helping with the meal that was going to be served after the service, and she had been in the kitchen, and she came into the sanctuary while the service was going on. And she said, when I walked in, the glory, she said, I saw it tangibly. She said, I just walked in the room. I hadn't heard him or anything. And, and said, I saw the glory uh, with my physical eyes in the sanctuary. And she said, God, what is that about? And God said, I'm honoring this congregation because they've honored the man of God. See, how you receive someone determines what you receive. And in a society where honor diminishes yes. more and more yes. and uh, honor yes. for authority, just honor for, for that which is to be honored, yes. diminishes, it cuts people off from receiving. Yes. And um, Amen. so anyway, so I had Brother Norval to come. And uh, he came for those four years. Then he went home to be with the Lord. I was... After he went home to be with the Lord, I was led of the Spirit to go back and listen to, uh, and I've, I've listened to his materials uh, along the way at different times, and I pulled up on, on YouTube, there is a revival that he was um, at the helm of, and I, wanna, I don't remember if it was in the late 80s or early 90s, somewhere around there, but there were over 40-something sermons out of that revival that happened down in Dallas, Texas area. And so I began listening to all those just over and over. And as I was listening, I said to God, I said, it seems to me that you're wanting me to have something to do with this. And he said to me, he said, when Brother Norville came home, he said the revelation didn't come back to heaven with him. The revelation is still in the earth. But he said someone has to pick up that revelation so that the light of that is not lost. So he said that's why 
I've been leading you to feed on his materials, his sermons, because I had read books and everything, pulled them back out. He said, because someone has to steward it, because just because it was given doesn't mean it's going to keep, keep from being lost. Someone has to steward it. So I, uh, and I had it in my spirit to preach because Brother Norville preached on faith. He preached on healing. This, this was the emphasis of what God had called him was his part. But he also taught those things through the flow of worship. And so I had been picking up some of these things. And really, I found one statement that God said to him. I didn't go back and preach Brother Norville's sermons. I went back and preached what God said to Brother Norville. And so that was, and we have a book on worship that's out there for you, and that is out of that. But I was getting ready to preach a camp meeting. And I had, I had it in my spirit to preach what God had said to Brother Norville for the first time, this one episode, this one event. And um, I was getting, I was in the hotel room. I was getting ready for the first service of the camp meeting that night. And while I was getting ready, an angel came into the room and stood by the door in the hotel. Well, see, as I said last night, these, the things of God have to be responded to. Amen. Everything of God has to be responded to. His words, His presence, His power, your inheritance in Christ, everything that He has made ours has to be responded to. Or we do not partake of what we possess. You only become a partaker of what you possess through your response. And it's the response of faith. And um, so that, that angel came in the room and I went over to the angel and stood in front of him and held out my hands. Because I said, you've come for something, I receive it. I just said, I, I don't have to know what it is before I choose to receive it. <laughs> and I said that. See, many times people are waiting for God to give them something, and he's waiting for them to perform the act of receiving. We have to perform the act of receiving what he's already made ours instead of praying for God to give. He's already made all things ours in Christ. But we have to perform the act of receiving. What is the act of receiving? Mark 11, 23, 24. Mark 11, essentially 24. What things ever you desire, when you pray, believe you receive them. You say that what is the act of receiving? Saying, I believe I receive it. I receive it. I receive it. Because God will not ever move without words. The, the, or, the divine order of God is he says something, then he does something. Yes. He will not do something without saying something. And so for us to receive his doings, we have to say what he says. Because that's the divine order of God. Dad Hagen said this years ago. He said the power gifts. Do you know what the power gifts? Talk about the nine manifestations of the Spirit. Do you know what the power gifts are? Can you call them out to me? 
the working of miracles, gifts of healing, gift of faith. Not talking about ordinary faith, but a special faith. I love uh, Smith Wigglesworth, what he said about the gift of faith. He said, when I have gone to the end of my faith, then the gift of faith comes in and accomplishes is what accomplishes what my faith couldn't do. But you see, it, uh, the gift of faith has to meet faith that's already moving. You can't just sit back and not be using your faith and think that the gift of faith is going to kick in. It won't. It's when you've spent your faith, you have employed your faith, rather. Then the gift of faith meets that and completes what your faith, what ordinary faith could not accomplish. So the power gifts, working of miracles, gifts of healings, and then the special faith. And Dad Hagen said, this is what, these are called the power gifts. This is how we see power come into manifestation through these operations, Mm -hmm. manifestations. And uh, Dad Hagen said, and prophesied by the Spirit and said, these will not come into manifestation until the utterance gifts come into manifestation. Why? Because God says something before he does something. So that's why prophecy is so important because it is, a, it is a, an access to power gifts. That's why, that's why and, and then tongues and interpretation of tongues, prophecy. These are the utterance gifts. So that's why these have to be employed when we say we want to see miracles and somebody's going to have to get up with the utterance gifts and start saying some things. Why? Because God said, let there be light. And then the Spirit performed it. He didn't perform until words directed the power. Words direct Power. Our words direct power. And so, uh, what does it say over there in Genesis chapter 1? Some some translations say this. uh, It says the spirit was moving upon the face of the deep. I believe it's the amplified that says he was hovering. He was hovering. Meaning he's, there's movement, but it's not directional. He's hovering. The Holy Spirit is a performer. What's he doing? He's waiting for us to give him something to perform. And what gives that presence of this performer that's in us, working for us, what gives him direction? What we say. Our words bring about a landing pad. For the power to meet a need. So you have to know this. Many times people are wanting miracles and they haven't said anything. They're wanting healing. They haven't said anything. The divine order is there's words, then there's performance. Words and performance. There's no such thing as the appearing of miracles without words of miracles. Yeah. 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 
Why? Because words give permission to power. Words give permission to power. You know what the word tells us? It says that, um, we'll get back to Brother Norville's story. I, I won't leave the angel at the door. <laughs> words give permission to power. It's not enough that God wants to do it. He has to have somebody who's will ask large enough. I don't just call for miracles. I call for body parts. I call for maimed body, bodies to be made whole. Why? Because if you don't say it, he, won't perf- he can't perform it without permission. The Word tells us that uh, God knows what you have need of even before you, what? Ask. Ask. Well, if he knows, why do I have to ask? But notice, he knows what you have need of even before you ask. So we're not dismissed from the asking just because he knows. Why is that? Knowledge is not permission. Knowledge is not permission. You got a wallet on you? Can I see it? Take a moment, pull it out. Can I dig into it? Well, let me ask you, which one's got the most money? We, 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 we share it. So. Wait, wait, do you have cash? Is there cash oh, in that? There's no cash. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> you got cash? She's got cash. Oh, see, yeah, I know how to work this <laughs> Where is it? Right here. In I got gotcha, you. Got gotcha. you. Yeah, it's in the tucked away pocket. <laughs> okay. I know she's got, I, I see four bills right there. I see them. I got knowledge. Yeah. 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 I go over here, I throw it in my purse. <laughs> Knowledge did not dismiss me from being a thief. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Wow. right, right. Just because, well, I know it's in there. Why can't I take it? Right. Right. Wow. That's, that stuff gets you thrown in jail. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yes. Just because you know something is there doesn't make it yours. So I have to say, I, I say, you got four bills in there. Can I have two of them? Mm-hmm. The bigger two? <laughs> <laughs> Not the littler two. See, I have to get permission on the knowledge I have. God knows you need a miracle. God knows your financial situation. It's not permission. Not permission to help you. Really it's not permission. Wow. Wow. He knows yeah. what you have need of. That's right. It is wonderful to lay in bed at night when it seems like things are caving away from under your feet, under your life. It's, a, it's, it's so comforting and precious to be able to lay in bed and say, God knows. Yes. 
He knows what I'm going through. It's, 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 it's priceless that he cares enough to know. Why does he know? Because he cares. He cares. And I tell you, that's a comfort to know he knows. He knows what I'm going through. He sees what I'm going through. That's good to know. But that's not a miracle. I've got to let what he knows come into place in my life. Every person that is not born again, he knows they need a Savior. He provided them one. And he's not going to provide a different one. With each person, he's not providing a different one. He has already provided. But those who never received Jesus as their Savior will still go to hell. Without, with him knowing you needed a Savior. But because you never gave permission with your words. I could have been saved long before I was saved if I would have said something. You could have been healed long before you were healed if you'd have said something. You could have received that miracle and that help and his intervention long before we did if we would have said something. Not just anything, but said something that is not against his character to perform. You can't say worried words. Worried words, close the door to him. He wants in. He wants into our situations. But words either close doors to God or open doors to God. Words either close doors to the devil or open doors to the devil. Um, So many times people don't realize this, that they need, they have opened the door to the devil and then they want somebody else to get the devil out. The one who opened the door is the one who closes it. That's why ministers can only help people limitedly in some cases. My words won't meet your needs. Your words give God permission to meet your needs. We look at people like Dr. Summerall, Dad Hagen, Oral Roberts, Smith Wigglesworth, George Mueller. We see all these giant pioneers of faith. And we say, boy, they laid hold of a lot. They didn't have anything more available to them than you have available to you. They just talked more about what was theirs in Christ. They just talked more. As I, I quoted it last night, Matthew eight seventeen, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah, a man. 
saying himself took our infirmities and bear our sicknesses. God could not even fulfill that through Jesus till a man said it. Jesus could not. He could not come and pay the price for sickness and disease with the stripes laid on him till a man said it. That it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah, a man saying himself took. When Isaiah said it, God said, now. I've got the words in the earth. Now the performer can do it. It's words. It's words. Words. John chapter 17. John chapter 17. You got that big font. Give me that one. John 17. Go to verse We'll go to verse, uh, um, we'll, end, we'll, end, yeah, we'll, end, we'll, we'll end up at eight, but King James is perfect. Okay. If you ever want to hear Jesus' prayer life, this whole chapter is his prayer. Let's read it. Verse one, these words spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, now look, he, he spoke. These words spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, so now we know he's praying. He's talking to the Father. It's real important to learn that when you talk, where do you look? When he looked up to heaven, it's because he's put his attention. When you pray, what's your attention on? It's so imperative. So these words spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy son that thy son also may glorify thee. God could not do this till Jesus gave him permission. Yes. That's right. That's right. He had to get Jesus' agreement. Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy son. He could not do that without the son's permission. Glorify thy son, that thy son also might glorify thee, as thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. And this is eternal life, that they might know thee. This is eternal life, knowing him. The only true God and knowing Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. Uh, I'm going to come back to this. Let me say something God said to me recently. He said, everything of your life is to flow out of one thing, fellowship with the Father. Everything is out of that. Your ministry, your words, your thoughts, everything is to flow out of that. That's the fruit of your fellowship with God. He brought out to me and reminded, is this going to go off? Nope. I don't, okay. Has it got power? Okay. <laughs> I didn't know if I needed to do it quick before it died or anything. He brought me back to when my husband and I met. You say, what's your sermon tonight, Pastor Nancy? I don't know. Let's just hang on. Let's go. <laughs> I got multiple sermons in this thing. That's why I carry this thing, because it holds multiples, you know. But if we get to them or not, I don't know. 
<laughs> but he, he reminded me of something. I don't know if you've heard my, my husband's testimony and mine of how we got together. I was engaged to the wrong one. When a, when a woman has a call of God on her life, the number one strategy the devil uses is to get her to marry wrong. That's the number one strategy. And so right before the right one comes, he'll always send a decoy. Either to you or to the one you're to marry. He'll send decoys. So that's what happened in my life. Uh, there was a decoy. Looks like the right, you know. Um, and so I got into that relationship. Won't go into all of what God did to, get, to help me see that that was the wrong one. I broke it off, but then I locked myself up and prayed for three weeks in the Holy Ghost. I took an hour every day and worshiped God. Then I took the next hour and fed on the Word. And then I took the hours of the day, the rest of the day, prayed in the Spirit. What am I doing? I'm giving God permission. To know His, to, to bring the knowledge of His plan to me and to work it. At the end of three weeks of praying hours a day in the Holy Ghost, I uh, went to a meeting, and a man was preaching. Um, he was, he was uh, I guess you would call him an evangelist. I, I'm not sure what office he stood in. But he taught that night, and then he called for a healing line. And when he called for the healing line, uh, there were maybe, I would say maybe 500 or so people there that night. And the front, is, it, it, well, the front was probably twice as big as the wide as this church's front. And the whole front filled up with people when he called for a healing line. And he'd go to one person, and he'd stay with them a, a, quite a while and pray and minister. And I thought, oh, geez. <laughs> We're going to be here a long time because I'm thinking, okay, that one's four minutes. And look at them all lined up. <laughs> we in a heap of sitting here. <laughs> And he got maybe three or four people down, and I'm going, oh, geez. I love the move of God, but brother. God, God doesn't have to be pokey. And so I guess he saw that he was in for He had chewed off a lot. And he said, there's a friend of mine who came with me, came to be in the service tonight, and he has a strong healing anointing on his life. I'm going to ask him to get up and start at the other end, start ministering. Ed Dufresne, would you get up and start at that other end? And this, other, this man I'd never seen before, he gets up and he goes, boom, 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 boom. And I go, that's what I'm talking about. That's what this line needs. <laughs> I was thrilled. (laughs) 
My ex-fiance was there that night. I didn't want to go. I didn't want to go. There, his family was there, and they were trying to get us back together. But my brother was a pastor at the time, and he had said, if I come to Tulsa for those meetings, will you go with me to him? I said, sure. Mm -hmm. But that was like three months before. I hadn't broken up yet. <laughs> <laughs> And, and so he showed up, and I, he said, you told me you'd go to the meetings. I said, I'm not going because I said I know who's going to be there, and I'm not going to. You don't put yourself back in settings. You don't play. You don't play. When, 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 God, when God, you know you're in the wrong place, get out of all of it. Well, I'm texting to see how they're doing. You're playing. You're playing. Um. <laughs> so I told my brother, I'm not going. He said, you told me you're going and you're going. Oh, oh shoot. <laughs> so we go. So I'm sitting over on this side with my brother. And uh, so that's how we ended up there or I wouldn't have been there. Afterwards, the preacher that night, his wife came up. Well, my brother and I went to get on the car. I got, it's raining outside in Tulsa. I got one foot in the car. I'm driving. Mm -hmm. My brother is getting ready to get in. And he, they said, Nancy, it was my ex-fiance's father. Oh. Nancy, we wanted you and your brother to go out to eat with the preachers tonight. Well, I know what they're trying to do. <laughs> and I said, no, thank you. And my brother said, we'd love to. <laughs> because he was a pastor. He wanted to get yeah. around the fellowship of yeah. these ministers, yeah. which is smart, yeah. except now. <laughs> so we go in, and I walk back in, and the, the preacher, his wife said, oh, Ed, Nancy's single too. That's when I walked in the room. <laughs> <laughs> you just want the floor to open up. Either suck me down or suck her down. <laughs> to make a long story short, two weeks after that, he called me because she kept on him. Call her. Three weeks later, we got married. So we were only in communication. It's five weeks from the day we met to the day we married, and we were only in communication the last three weeks of that. And he was in Europe for nine days during the three weeks. I'd only seen him five or six times from the day I met him to the day I married him. But see, when God speaks and God yes. puts it together, yes. no, you're, no, that's not going to happen for you. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't be acting like you got, uh, you got a revelation. You didn't get no revelation. You, I'm not going to leave Pastor Jordan with a problem when I leave, a line out his door of weirdness. No, we're not doing that. That's the exception to the rule. I don't know why I got off on that. Why did I, why did I get off on that? And then we got married five weeks from the day we met. We got together. Um, well, <laughs> it was the plan of God, but without our permission, even his plan can't work without our permission. I know why I said this. So God said to me recently, he said, what would have happened with that relationship 
He said, why did you keep, when he called you the first time, why did you respond and keep responding to him? I said, for one reason, I enjoyed him. He said, same thing with you and me. He said, because you enjoyed him, then you started, your fellowship grew. It became a marriage. And out of that marriage came children and ministry and the fruit of ministry. But the starting place of it was one thing, enjoyment. He said, if you hadn't have enjoyed him, you would have never entertained a relationship with him. I said, that's right. And he said, that's why people don't have fruit. They have abandoned their enjoyment of God. If they'll go back and tend to the enjoyment of God. Yes, yes. What, what's the word say in Psalms? God, my exceeding joy. Out of that enjoyment of him comes peace and faith and fruit and miracles. And the plan of God, it all comes out of enjoyment. Amen. And this is what I see when I read this about Jesus' prayer in John 17, him enjoying his father. And if you're not enjoying your father, the devil's cheating you. Your flesh is cheating you. Your, your carnal thinking is cheating you. Because if you will just tend to your enjoyment of God without feeling like I have to perform to earn something. Now, don't misunderstand me. There are the works of faith. Faith is a work. Show me your faith without your works, and I'll show you my faith by my works or what you produce. But if we'll just tend to the enjoyment of God, our our faith will thrive. And the devil wants to turn your fellowship with God legalistic and hard and a bunch of rules. Anyway, that's a side, that's a rabbit trail. Verse 3, this is, what, this is what prompted that rabbit trail. And this is eternal life, that they might know thee. They may, and and th- let's say this, enjoy him. When you know him, you enjoy him. Okay, let me say this. I'm still holding on to your iPad. I don't know if you'll get it back tonight. <laughs> um, Anything. Anyone who's hungry for God, your insides reach out for more, right? I want to know him more. I want to please him more. The devil sees the sincerity of someone's heart, and he tries to get them to turn in upon themselves called condemnation. Because you want to please him, the devil, because you want to please God, the devil is always constantly pointing at what you've done wrong. Because you start beating yourself up because your heart is not to do anything that displeases God. So the devil tries to get you to turn in up on yourself, against yourself. And it's called condemnation. It's called sin consciousness, mindful of what you're not. 
mindful of where you've missed it, mindful of what you've done wrong, because if he can keep you mindful of all the times you've missed it, you'll never be bold to lay hold of all God has already made yours. You go to, you go to, you go to stand up in who you are in Christ, and it won't work until you get rid of that sin consciousness. Because every time then you go to lay hold of God, uh, something from God, the thought will come up. Well, remember when you did this? Remember when you did that? Remember when you did this? Let me tell you what Hebrews 9.14 is. How much more shall the blood of, the blood of Christ purge your conscience from dead works? One, one commentator said of the word, Conscience said, replay of the mind. That the blood of Jesus is the delete button on the computer of your brain that keeps replaying the past. Because you know how it is with a computer. Once it's inputted, it's there. Until something comes and deletes it. Your brain is nothing but a computer. God built the first computer. Everything that goes in the eye, everything that goes in the ears is recorded. Right, that's right. Even sins of the past. Yeah. There you go. Yes. Amen. But there is a divine delete button called the blood of Jesus. So that the replay of the mind will not torment and trouble your future, your present, and you don't poke that into your kids too. You say, Pastor Nancy, how do you how do you hit that delete button? You say, Jesus, I confess my sin. And you are faithful and just. First John 1 9, you are faithful and just. To what? Forgive Forgive and what? Cleanse. Cleanse. It's off the hard drive of your replay of the mind. But the devil wants to bring it back. And you say, no, you don't. The blood of Jesus deleted that. And I will not let you bring up a pirate copy. It's pirated. Because you ripped a copy of my past that the blood deleted, and now you're replaying it before me to keep me pushed down, pushed back, and mad at God. Because the debt, you know, you know, I, I, I so love something I heard Pastor Dennis Hadaball say recently after his, after his daughter went to heaven. He said, I do not get into the questions of why. Why did this happen? Because he said, if I do, the devil will use those questions to get me to question the character of God and start blaming God for what what the devil did. God has nothing to do with anything that steals, kills, or destroys. Nothing, nothing, nothing. So anyway, so... The blood of Jesus, when you confess it before God, your past. See, the devil, the Bible says that there's many voices in the world. And none of them without signification. Meaning, 
one, one way to apply that is the devil is going to bring a voice of accusation, a voice of condemnation, a voice to accuse you with something pertinent to you. It's significant to you. None of these voices don't work with, they don't work without signification. The devil's not going to get something you've never done and try to accuse you with it. He's going to take something he knows you did and accuse you with it. But too late, the blood already did its work. The blood cleansed it. Now what we have to do is have faith enough that the blood did that for us. I was with one pastor recently because I preach much on the mind. Because many times people are trying to cast out an, an unrenewed mind. You can't do it. It's the renewed mind that transforms the life. Your greatest defense against the devil is to renew your mind. And anyone held in captivity, held in bondage to anything is not in bondage to the devil. You hear me? Any Christian that's in bondage to anything is not in bondage to the devil. They're in bondage to an unrenewed mind. They have not found out who they are in Christ and held to it and enforced it in their life. And that's an unrenewed mind that does not know who you are. It's the renewed mind that closes the door to God, to, to the devil. And it's the renewed mind that closes, excuse me, it's the unrenewed mind that opens the door to the devil, closes it to God. But the renewed mind shuts the devil out. Amen. And many times people are trying to get free when they just need to renew their mind. That will shut the door. That will shut the door. But it's, it, it calls for you to have a desire. You, you have to apply your own interest. You have to be interested enough. The blood of Jesus has, if you've repented or confessed... Anything, any, I don't care what it is, mm-hmm. where you missed it, the blood of Jesus deletes it. Yes. Heaven has no record of it. Yes. Heaven has no record of it. Yes. No record. Yes. So what the devil does with a pirated copy, he knows what was done. But in heaven's, in heaven's annuals, it doesn't exist. It does not exist. And we live heaven's yes. permission. Yes. Heaven gave us permission to walk free, live free. Because the blood of Jesus is greater than anything you've missed. To not forgive yourself is to say that your mistake, your sin is greater than the blood of Jesus to forgive. In this day, the daily broadcast that I do on, on Victory Channel, God said to me, I want you teaching on the mind. I did the first 80 episodes on the mind. They haven't all played yet. You're going to find them. You're going to, you need to listen to them because you've got your mind for the rest of your life and you better have them. You might as well have a mind you can live with instead of a mind that is tormented and harassed and troubled because to, for any believer to live troubled is to live cheated. I decided long ago I'll never live another unpeaceful day. I will live in peace. I will live in joy. I will never live troubled. I'll never be depressed again. Why? Because I know how to handle this. Amen. With the word. I put the word in here that rises up and dominates this. 
The word in my spirit dominates my thought life. When a wrong thought comes, I say, no, you don't. No, you don't. If you never learn how to answer wrong thoughts, the devil will beat your brains out. You are authorized to answer, and nobody can do your answering for you. Nobody. Nobody. No pastor. No, no prophet. Can't do it. You are the only one authorized to answer regarding your mind. But this, in, in teaching on the mind for those 80 episodes, I went to a church and a pastor said, I, you'll be interested to know. He said, because I've heard you quote that commentator on Hebrews 9.14, mm-hmm. that how much more shall the blood of Jesus purge your replay of the mind yes. from dead works. What's dead works? Works of death. Mm-hmm. Sin. Yes. Things... Things of the old man that he said, you'll be interested to know something that happened with somebody that went home to be with the Lord in my congregation. He said they were in the military. And, you know, years ago, I don't know where they served or what capacity, but he said because of what he saw over there and experienced when he was serving, his he, he dreams, nightmares, all the things he could not get away from. He said he he just never developed enough spiritually to take hold of the things that belonged to him in Christ. And he said he was troubled for his whole life. And said he just a week or so ago he went home to be with the Lord, and he said one of our congregation members, and I think it was a family member to the man, was there at the time he died. And he was at home when he died. And this congregation member, could have been a family member also, was there with him. And they told this, this congregation member told the pastor later, said, I saw something I've never seen before. He said, when this man stopped breathing and he died, he said, I know they rise, they go up, they go up to heaven. He said, so I just kind of looked up and he said, when I did, I saw his spirit lifted out of his body. And he said, and when his spirit lifted out of his body, he said, I saw a full face mask fall off his face. And he said, Pastor, there was a video playing it's like a video screen within that face mask playing. And it was all the scenes of his past that the devil had been able to put on him and hold on him so that when he tried to walk free, he couldn't. It just continually played and replayed and replayed. And he said, and when he came out of that body, see, that fell off. It could have been off during his life. He didn't have to wait. It could have come off during his life. Why? The blood of Jesus purges my mind. I say the replay of my past, you stop. In Jesus' name, the blood forbids it. The blood cleanses that. You'll not do that to me anymore. And believe it from in here. Believe that from in here. And if it tries to replay, say, no, you don't. I mean, you got to get mean and ugly about it. 
Because if you don't, you live tormented when you could every day of your life live peaceful and joyful. I will never have a day with no joy and no peace again. Never. Never. And that's not from a motivational uh, speech I heard. That's from the flow of God. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. That is the flow that the Holy Ghost is moving in, brings us into, manifests through righteousness. What does that mean? I'm right with God. My past will not disqualify me from my miracle. Can I tell you this? Miracles are not earned. Healing is no reward for good behavior. It's a property. Healing power is a property that belongs to you because you belong to Him and for no other reason. Meaning you could have sinned 10 minutes before this service, repented, and be back in right fellowship with God. That's the flow of God's kingdom in you right now. You're right right now on earth. You don't have to beat yourself up for weeks and months to feel like you paid the price that I suffered long enough for my mistakes and how I, how I hurt people. Listen, everybody's hurt somebody. Get over it. And when people try to remind you how you hurt them, say, aren't you grateful you have a Savior? He saved you from me. He put you back together. He didn't leave you to me to break you, then put you back together. He'll do it himself. What am I saying? Live free. Live free. Live free. Live free. Live free. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. And what did Jesus say? The kingdom of God is in you. He's telling you right standing with God is in you. Peace is in you. Joy is in you. What's he talking about? He's not talking about a feeling. He's talking about a flow. A flow of that kingdom is in you. Now, you can get in the flow of worry if you want. But there's a flow of peace that's in you. You say, Pastor Nancy, if it's in me, how come I'm so tormented? Because you're stirring up through your thought life and through what you have your attention on, you're stirring up the tormenting flow. There's a higher flow that's in you that you are, have permission to stir up anytime you need it. Many times people are waiting for God to put them in peace and he's waiting for them to stir up the kingdom that's already in them. That peace that's in them. I shock people when I say this and the unrenewed mind hates it. And they're angry at it. The darkest day of my life is not when my husband died. Come on. It was the greatest tragedy of my life. But it was not a dark day. You want to know why? Because the day he went home to be with the Lord prematurely, the flow of the kingdom was not dismissed from me. It was not removed from me, taken from me, or robbed from me. The flow of peace, the flow of joy was still in me, and I chose 
I chose that day. I'm not coming out of peace. I'm not coming out of joy. And you know how I did not get into depression, oppression? You want to know how? I said, I worship you. 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 Because I know if I go into the depression hole, I got to dig myself out. I chose my flow that day. The peace flow was not removed from me because my husband left. You want to know why? Because he wasn't the author of the flow. People are going to enter your life and people are going to exit your life for the rest of your life. Christians need to need to really start believing the Bible. And realize this is not my home. Yes. Come on, man. Let's see it. And I went to his funeral rejoicing, yes. smiling, yes. Making, yes. making demons mad. Yes. Why? Because people with unrenewed minds were not happy with that. But that's okay. My life is my flow yes. to choose. You can choose the grief flow if you want. But I chose a higher flow. I believe in the flow of the kingdom that is in me. I believe in the peace that's on the inside of me. What's it waiting for you? For you to give it attention. For you to stir it up. How do you stir it up? What did I talk about the first? Words. Power meets words. The power of peace meets words. The power of joy meets words. And I just want you to know, don't wear your past a day longer. You go, well, it's going to take me a while. No, it doesn't. It takes a moment for you to choose. A moment. You don't have to work up into something. You say, I'm done with it. I'm done with that. I'm done with the condemnation. I'm done with the sin consciousness. I'm done with the guilt. I'm done with the shame. There should be no words of shame in your mouth. You're a Christian. You belong to God. Quit buying, quit buying the lingo of motivational speaking. Come on. We're not just here hyping ourselves up. We have the words of eternal life in us, in our mouth. These are conquering words. I'm not called to cope with diddle. Jesus made us master. Satan is our subject. We do not have to hold out against him. He has to hold out against us. For you to live another sad day is to live cheated. And it's at your permission. You've got to decide, I'm done. I'm done with that flow. I'm done. I'll never be worried again. I'll never be fearful again. Does it come? Yes. But when it shows up, I, I don't open the door to it. How do you keep from opening the door to it, Pastor Nancy? I answer it. And then I get my mind off of what it suggests and what it threatens. And 
you don't, you, you don't understand, Pastor Nancy. Don't tell me diddle. Don't tell me diddle. Come on, you're I've had yeah. Satan appear to me five times one night. Don't tell me I don't know yeah. what the feeling of that is like. Yeah. When, when Satan's oppression and pressure, pressure on the mind, I mean, to where it, you feel like my mind is not my mind. Your mind is still your mind. And I don't care what pressure is pushing and trying to drive wrong thoughts into your thought life. You can back them out by answering them. No, you don't. And I guarantee you're not too far gone to stand up and say no. Amen. Any help. Any help you receive from another man, another minister, Dr. Jacobs, your pastor, from me, let me just tell you this, it's temporary. It's temporary. Why? Because the devil's coming back to see what you're going to say. It's not enough what does he say. What does your pastor say? It's not what, it's what do you say. Jesus, Jesus revealed how the kingdom of darkness works. And it's this way. When an evil spirit is cast out of a man... He goes to a dry place seeking rest and finds none and says, I will go back to my house. He's a liar. It's not his house. That's right. That's right. And he finds it empty, swept, and garnished. What was it? Room. There's room. Yes. And he comes back in and brings others more wicked than himself. And the last state of that man is worse than the former state. What is Jesus saying? When the devil is dealt with by somebody else, he's going to come back and see, what do you know? What, what will you permit? And you say, well, Pastor Nancy, I just got saved last week. I don't know that much. You have to know this. No. That's it. That's all you got to know. No. It's what parents today don't understand anymore. They're, they're conversing with their children, asking for permission. To, to behave. Would you please behave? I'll tell you. Come, come here. <laughs> Show you. I don't ask for your permission to parent you. Amen. That's right. I guarantee you when my boys were young and I was driving in the front seat, I had, I had Stretch Armstrong arm. <laughs> Reach him in the back. I'll grab you right now, brother. You, you talk back to me. We're going to take you down. Yeah. Why? Well, I don't ask permission yeah, no. to be your parent. Yeah. And you don't tell me how to parent you. Yeah. If you don't learn that in the natural, you won't ever be good at it with demons. Authority is authority in every realm. And sometimes a parent has laid down their authority. You know what? It's still yours. Pick it back up. Take it back. Take it back from that four-year-old. Take it back. Well, they're so cute. No, they're not. No, 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 no. It's not cute. No, not at all. You are training them in rebellion. And calling it cute. The devil loves for you to call it cute. Loves that. But I'm a, I'll get off that because you know I can go, I can go, I can go haywire on that stuff. But what I'm saying is this. An, a simple no accomplishes your victory. Okay, so we're going to go back to that angel at the door in the hotel. <laughs> 
no, 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 no. I'm going to read your, your, your thing, and then we're going to go back to that. <laughs> Are you still there in John yeah, 17? Yeah. Okay. Verse 3, and this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. I have glorified thee on the earth. That's what Jesus told his Father. Yeah. I have glorified you while I was here. It was your glory. He wasn't out trying to express his own views and ideas. As, because Jesus was a, was a man. But he wasn't trying to get his own expression. I have glorified thee on the earth. Look at the, I like this. I finished. I finished the work which thou gavest me to do. There's a work that... God cannot do for you. If he gave it to you to do it, he's not going to do it. You are with his ability, with his power. Verse 5, And now, O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. Verse 6, I have manifested thy name unto the men which thou gavest me out of the world. Thine they are, and thou gavest them to me, and they have kept thy word. Now they have known, all, now they have known that all things whatsoever you've given me are of you. Verse 8, this is where I was going. For I have given unto them the words. I gave them the words. He didn't say I gave them the power. I gave them the words. Why? That's where the power lives, is in the words. I have given unto them the words. Which words? The words that God gave Jesus. He didn't just give them any words. He gave them God words. He gave us God words. I have given unto them the words which thou gavest me. Look at this. And they received them. And they received them. They received them. The words is what he's given us mm-hmm. to have access to everything he's made ours. Yeah. Yeah. Healing, yeah. miracles, yeah. provision, yeah. it all moves at words. Oh, and he yeah. said, I gave them words. Yeah. Jesus is getting ready to leave the earth. Right. He didn't say, you know, I gave him a ministry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he didn't say, you know, I gave him possessions. He said, I gave them words because with the words, is everything they need is in the words. Why? Because God's power meets God's words in our mouth. And I so appreciate what Dr. Jacobs was talking about because he's letting us know that angels angels are expressions of God's power. And it's by those words. Now I cycle back around, circle back around to that hotel room. That angel came in. And I went and stood in front of him and I said, I receive what you've come to bring. And he said, he gave me words. He gave me words. He said, I have come to impart the utterance for the revelation. Now listen to that. I'm getting ready to preach on worship. Taking what God said to Brother Norville. Remember that? That was at the first of the sermon. Okay. Listen to the words he said. I've come to impart the utterance for the revelation. It's not enough to know the revelation. You have to have use right words so it lands in people because people can deliver the word of God with such 
bogged down words that people, what are they saying? I don't know what they're saying. I, 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 I so love the sincerity and the genuineness of my husband. I mean, he was, uh, at this time, he was probably about 35 years in the ministry. And I, we were in a sermon, we were in a service, and somebody was preaching that's really well known. And I'm going, I'm, I'm like 45 minutes. I said, I don't understand a word that man's talking about. I, I'm so stupid. I don't understand what he's talking about. And Ed leaned over and he said, oh, I quit listening to him 45 minutes ago. I've been working on my calendar. (laughs) He might have had a revelation, but because of the utterances, how to utter it, he could not impart that revelation, at least into us, because it lacked proper utterance. My goal is to be as simple as I can. Why? Because simplicity demonstrates skill. When somebody is good at it, they don't make it complicated for the for the hearer. They make it simple. Yes, ma'am. I have I have sat with staff members and I say, I need you to come show me how to work this one program. I don't know how to do it. And they just sit down and they go, I said, stop. I didn't ask you to come do it for me. I told you to come show me how to do it. Well, it's just quicker for me to do it. I said, that's not what I asked. I didn't ask you to come do it. I, I Show me. Well, you touch this, this, this. I said, you know what? I'll get somebody who knows what they're doing. Come on. Come on. Because if you can't pass it to another person, how can you help someone? That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. And when I've gotten through tests that came against my mind, and I said, God, I got through them, but I don't know. I just threw everything I knew at that test. I don't know what steps are the ones that were the exit out. I don't know which ones. I just did it all. And I said, God, that's not skill. I got through it, but that's not skill. Because until I'm skillful, I can't tell it to someone else and I can't help someone else. And that's when he began to teach me the steps I took that were the ones that were the exit out. It's called my answer it book. Go get it. It's 12 years of my life. Of living hell on earth until I learned some things. Why? So you don't have to go through that. And so that angel stood and said, I've come to impart the utterance for the revelation. And I learned then it's not just enough to have a revelation. It's not enough. You have to say it in a way that lands in people so that they can spend it. Revelations aren't so you can sound impressive. Listen, if it won't get my baby healed in the middle of the night, if it won't get my bills paid, if it won't get me on the other side of the test I'm going through, I'm probably not going to be interested. I don't really care what this number means and that color means. And I really, I'm sure you studied a long time, but if it's not going to help me in my everyday life, 
right. I'm going to be bumping my head against yeah. a wall. Yeah. 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 Walking around with revelation that really doesn't help life. Jesus helped the people. He talked to them about farming and fishing and the things of their everyday life. Don't ever try to want to, don't ever want to sound deep. The only thing that's deep is dirt. You say, well, there's gold down there. Yeah, but you're going to find more dirt than gold, and you're going to wear yourself out before you get to the gold because you're going through so much dirt trying to be deep. Yeah. Come on. My goal, my whole pastorate, I pastored for 25 years, give them sheep food. Sheep food. I don't want to give them food that's not going to nourish them. Right, right. Yes, ma'am. Right. Thank God for the help, even angels help us to be able to say things in a way. Dad Hagen said this, he said, I have two angels that work with me. One's my guardian angel. One is a messenger angel. He brings messages to me from God. And then when I deliver the message to the people, he goes with the message to help drive it home into the hearts of the people. We need help even saying things right. Mama, Daddy, you need help even saying things right in your home. You can know what your children need, but you have to say it in a way that lands in them. You have to know how to help your your husband, your wife. It's not enough that you know the right words. You have to have the utterance for those words. Well, praise the Lord. Thank God for the word. Amen. Jesus gave us words. Words. Well, I wish you'd have given me money. Well, he gave you prosperity that is wrapped up in words. The more you say it, the more you have it. The less you say it, the less you have it. So you measure the having, not by what God gave, but by what you say. Just know this, God has stopped your redemption and your inheritance full. It's stopped. But it's kind of like a kitchen nobody cooks in. (laughs) You can go into my kitchen. I had staff members, they said, this is a chef's kitchen that you have. I go, yeah, I got everything. I got multiples of everything. I've got two big pantries. I mean, they're, I, I turned one of them into my library. That's how big one of the pantries is. And my library, just thousands and thousands of books in there because I don't want to use it for the kitchen. <laughs> it's a waste. Wasteland. But my staff came on and they said, oh my gosh, you have a chef's kitchen. I said, I got everything you can think of, baby. I just don't know how to use any of it. And I don't want to learn. No, I want to secure your job. And this is the way a lot of Christians live toward their inheritance. It's stocked at the shelves of their life, and they don't want to learn, and they don't want to know. They just want to go and live on eggs and toast. 
That's what I live on, by the way. <laughs> but I'm just saying a lot just live on what, what is easy. What's easy to easily lay hold of. They don't want to contend. But we, we're contenders of the faith. And Jesus, uh, Jude said, contend for the faith. Contend for the things that he made yours. How do you do it? Be bold to say words. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you tonight. Stand with me to your feet. We glorify you. We're so grateful to belong to you. Jesus, thank you for words. Thank you for words. Thank you for words. We value words because in those words, divine life flows. Your power meets us and manifests. And we're so, so grateful. We're so, so grateful that you didn't just say, I love you, but you gave us what will change every situation of our life. You gave us words, and we glorify you. We thank you. Just lift up your voice and thank him tonight. Worship him tonight. We magnify you. You've given us words. We'll spend them. We have given us words. We will spend them in our life. We spend them in our life. We glorify you. We magnify you. Hallelujah. We magnify you. We magnify you. We glorify you. I love something that my husband would say. He would say, don't waste your time not saying. You'll have to the measure you say. Health will flow to the measure you say. Peace will flow to the measure you say. The Bible says that a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. Don't let him think he'll receive anything of the Lord. If we're not careful as faith people, because we're faith people, aren't we? We're word of faith people. Um, we learn right lingo. And we learn to not say the wrong thing to people who know. Right? So we, if I could say this, we guard our mouth regarding what we confess to other people. But then we go home and we think thoughts to ourselves. Saying it to yourself, saying it to yourself is still saying it. Well, I didn't say it out loud, no, but you said it to yourself by what you allowed yourself to think on. I'm just telling you, there is a way and there can come a day when you have absolutely a totally peaceful mind. That doesn't mean the devil will quit talking to you. It means that you, he has no access because you have, that, that peace of God has set mounting guard over your heart and your mind because you forbid wrong things in. I'm not thinking that anymore. I will not think that way. I forbid it. And you answer it with the word. You cannot stop wrong thoughts with thoughts. It takes words to stop wrong, troubling thoughts. 
and Jesus gave us words. Hallelujah. If you're here tonight, depression, oppression, we want to minister to you. You say, now listen, it, that temptation comes to everyone. And, and, and you might not necessarily need someone to minister to you. But then you might say, I, I just need an assist. We'll help you. But let, let me tell you what. Um, you've heard the statement, give a man a fish, you feed him for a day. Give him a fish and pole, you feed him for life, right? Sometimes, before you teach, teach the man how to use a fishing pole, He's so hungry. Give him a fish. Then hand him the pole and teach him how to use it. But try to teach a starving man how to fish. He's not going to hear half what you're saying because it's all on his, his attention's on his belly. But what God won't do is have someone keep handing you a fish while you refuse to use your fishing pole. God will not facilitate that. He'll help you when you're doing all you know. And sometimes we need that help and there's nothing wrong with that. Absolutely, we're a family. We help one another. We help one another and it's our privilege to. But some people on purpose don't put any, forth any effort to grow up, to develop. And you'll struggle, you'll struggle, you'll struggle. God wants you to learn to use your fishing pole. Amen, hallelujah. But there is help. I'll give you a fish tonight. God will give you a fish tonight. And then go out and pick your pole back up. And start fishing for yourself. You know what I mean by that. Start using your own authority. Start using your own faith. Start uh, making steps to even keep growing further. Amen. So anyone troubled, harassed by depression, and you say, Pastor Nancy, I just can't seem to get past it. Come real quickly. Come real quickly. Hallelujah. Let's sing something. Go ahead. Come on up, love. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Be free in Jesus' name. Be free in Jesus' name. 
or you need hands laid on you for some kind of physical condition, raise your hand right where you're at. Raise your hand right where you're at. I want to take this half of the auditorium, if you would, line up real quickly along the front. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Really quick, really quick. Move on up here. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We praise you, Jesus. Congregation, you releasing your faith with us. It matters to us that they receive what they need. I said it matters to us, doesn't it? It matters to us that they receive what they need. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Dr. Jacobs, would you come and start at that end and start ministering? So ushers, I need a set of ushers with me. I need a set of ushers with him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Congregation, reach your hands out this way and you release your faith. Go ahead, singers. Praise you, Father. We praise you. Behold, there it is. Behold, Jesus. Behold, Jesus' name. Behold, in 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 Jesus' name. This side. Thank you for that. Yeah. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Dr. Jacobs, there's an increase of that miracle anointing. An, an, another degree, a greater degree of that. And the more you minister here, there's going to be impartations into this at another level. I don't know how to say it other than that. And I know I'm not saying on Sunday mornings necessarily. I'm saying it when you minister here, there's going to be something that is elevated in the flow of this congregation. Um, there's a, a well-known evangelist known for really remarkable miracles in their crusades and went to one region and held a crusade. And at the end of the crusade, his staff said, they said, you know, there weren't very many miracles in this crusade compared to all the other places that we go. And they said, do you know why that is? He said, yes, because there's no healing voice here. So there's no expectation in the people. So whether, just know this, it's not all up to the preacher to have miracles. There's God's part. There's the preacher's part. Then there's the congregation's part. And every time he ministers at this higher this higher degree, this greater degree, that's going to be imparted. But the congregation will have a part in that so that there's a healing voice that, that it, it draws the area, it draws this region that people say, if you need a healing, go there. They hear about the healing flow. Amen. And God entrusts this congregation with that. You can't go just everywhere and have certain flows. You can't. You just can't. Dad Hagen said, the highest I ever heard him say about the prophet's office, he said, I operated in it at 75% tonight. That's what he said one time. He would say the times 30%, 45%. The highest I ever heard him say was 75%. And he said, you want to know why we got to 75% of it, not 100 He said, because that's as far as the congregation would go. See, you have to have a congregation that will go. That will go. I called a certain preacher and I said, if you ever want to do Holy Ghost meetings in my church, just know my congregation will go with you. So if you're needing to get into that, and I say it to this preacher, you're needing to get into that flow, we'll be a place where that can move. I'm not, it's not pride. It's I know what, we've, what has been imparted. I know what they've been taught. I, you have to be around that flow to cooperate with it. And I'm just saying, there's, with that higher degree of miracle anointing, every time you minister, something's going to be imparted into this place and into the voice that this place carries. And, it'll be, and the pastor will recognize it. The congregation will recognize it. And it's needed in the earth. The earth needs it. The earth needs it. And uh, there is a famine in the earth of people who know the Spirit. There's a famine. But the good thing is there's a watering hole. Your ministry is it. The anointing on your life is watering where there's a famine in other places. Hallelujah. I tell you what, I'm just telling you, this region of the world, this congregation, I hope you know what you got because it's not everywhere. But it's here. It's here. And your precious pastor 
in the founding pastor. It's here in this family. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. We thank you, we thank you, we thank you. Can I do this? Can I bless your family? Yes, I was going to ask you to lay hands on Yes, I want I, the whole family, if you would. If you want to, if you don't want to, that's fine. I but I, I, I would. Okay. That comes to me, yeah. We thank you, Father. Congregation, reach your hands out. Say this, we'll go. With the fullness of the plan of God. It's, you, you know this, it's not about a man, but it is about what's on a man. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm just going to have the family just hold your hands out in front of you just like this. Father, we thank you. Congregation, reach your hands out. Because you're the, you know why God's doing this? For you. This isn't just for them. Hallelujah. Father, we thank we uh, we thank you for it. Uh, we thank you, Father, for the fullness, for the fullness of the plan. We thank we thank you for uh utterances, utterances, utter, an impartation for utterances from a whole nother realm, Pastor impartation and divine acceleration oh ah Ah. Uh, pastor morgan don't ever say or don't ever think you know i'm newer in this role no 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 Divine acceleration translates you from one place to another. You don't have to take the pace of others. You go at the pace the Holy Spirit sets you on. Father, I thank you. Ah, I thank you for the divine call upon this man, this young man. I thank you for that prophet's office. I thank you for it. And I thank you, Father, for the divine hunger, divine visitations, divine visitations. In the nighttime, when you're just sleeping, you'll sense God's nearness, baby doll. You talk to him, and he'll talk back. I'm not talking about seeing something necessarily. I'm saying his presence will come on you in a strong way. Ha, ha, ha. Ah, stick, ah, yeah. We thank you. Ah, I thank you for planting in him. Planting. You planted your plan. And that is watered, being watered, being watered, being watered and unfolded before his life that he sees the purpose and the plan, the greatness of the plan, Father, that you have for him. And that, all that was lost. Time, resources, God restores, restores and advances and increases. We thank you for it, Father. There were advancements, and I don't know what this means exactly, Jessica. There were advancements in the things of the Spirit. Some were lost to you when they should have been made because other things pulled on you. (laughs) They're not lost. They're not lost. God knows how to lose nothing. But just know it'll take it'll take you it'll take you speeding it up, speeding it up, stepping it up, because that's the pace of the season for your life is an increased pace. We thank you for it, Father. Mastic aye. What a supply, love. What a supply.
water supply. I thank you, Father. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you for it. (laughs) I thank you. I thank you for showing him. I thank you for showing him that he sees it, that he sees it, that he sees it. I thank you, Father. I thank you, Father. (laughs) Ah, Mastakiye. We thank you for, we thank you for enlarged steps, great strides, great strides. We thank you for great strides in the plan of God, in the advancement. We thank you, Father. Let's worship him. If you're, if you're in the full-time ministry here, raise your hand real, real quick. Raise your hand real quick. I just, oh, y'all are scattered throughout. Yeah. Put your hands out in front of you real quick under this anointing. Receive it. Receive it in Jesus. Receive it in Jesus' name. Receive it in Jesus' name. Receive it in Jesus' name. Ah, call for things that were lost. Call them back. Say, no more. No more. I'm not letting those things escape me. You call them back. You call them back and do it. Ask large. Ask large. We thank you for it, Father. Ah, Receive it in Jesus' name. Receive it. Receive it in Jesus' name. Ah, Receive it. Receive it in Jesus. I thank you for it, Father. I thank you for it, Father. I thank you for it. I thank you for it, Father. I thank you for it. Oh, oh, my, 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 my. Your best days. Your best days. Oh, my, my, my. You're fixing to run right into them. (laughs) Your best days. We thank you. We thank you for it, Father. Oh, and every hunger completely satisfied everything you've hungered to see move and flow ah god will not leave you disappointed (laughs) oh we thank you for it father we thank you for it we thank you for it father we thank you for it father the fullness the fullness the fullness of what you have the fullness the fullness of it Ah, no, mama, the fullness of it. We thank you for it, Father. We thank you for it, Father. We thank you for it, Father. We thank you. We thank you. Ah, mastakaye. Ah, receive it. Mastakaye. Ah, an increase in the operation of the manifestations of the Spirit. Mastakaye. But don't neglect. Don't neglect the ministry of the Word. Don't neglect the ministry of the Word. They each have their place, and one is not meant to take the place of the other. <laughs> we thank you, Father, for the, the impartation. We thank you, Father, for the impartation of what you have. We thank you, Father, for the impartation of what uh, you have. Mashtakaya, where in this section? Uh, back here? Here? Y'all pass ministers? Father, ah, ah, mama, ah, astakaye. It won't be as it has been. I tell you, don't get your mind rutted into the way it's the, the the way it's taken so long for some things to happen. Not that way in the future. Not that way in the future. So don't expect it to be that way. We thank you for it, Father Minister. Yes, we thank you for it, Father. We thank you for that impartation for him, Father. Hallelujah, Hallelujah, Minister. We thank you for it, Father, that some things are waiting on your words. They've been delayed. 
but you can speed them up. The more you say it, the more you have it. <laughs> we thank you for it, Father. We thank you for it, Father. And you too, love, we thank you for that impartation for them. We thank you for it, Father. We thank you for the, There it goes in, love. We thank you for, oh, ah, this is a turning point. This night marks a turning point for you. This night marks a turning point. And there will be things that will even happen months and months away, months and months, and know that it, it goes back to tonight. It, the turn was made tonight. Even though it shows up later, it's because of something that turned tonight. Am I missing anyone back here? Back here, excuse me. Here, love. We thank you, Father. We thank you for that impartation. God, God, God places within your responsibility some things to pray out, some things to say out. Pray them out and say them out. And it's your responsibility to see to it that you don't stop praying it and don't stop saying it till you see it. Amen. Seeing it fulfilled. Hallelujah. Anybody else that I'm missing over here? Praise the Lord right here. Thank you. Hallelujah. Father, we, we, ah, we thank you for a fresh, fresh utterance, fresh anointing upon his, word, upon his mouth. The fresh anointing that comes on his mouth. We thank you. Ah, we thank you for it, Father. We thank you, Father, on his words. We thank you, Father. Let me come over here to this family. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father, for what you have for them. God's not slow. He's given you time to grow. So don't try to get past growth. Don't step out past growth. So don't become impatient. Just enjoy the season. It's a growing season. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Growing in skill, growing in your anointing, growing in your office, growing in, the, in faith. Hallelujah. Did I mean, oh, oh, Pastor Noel. Uh, uh, we thank you. Uh, we thank you, Father. We thank you that the, the next is easy. The next is easy. The next is easy. The next is easy. Who else? Did I miss anybody over in, in here? Hallelujah. Did I get every, oh, back here, there's one. Okay. I'm a coming. I'm a coming. Hallelujah. I saw a hand. Where is it? This one, hallelujah. Father, we thank you. Ah, mastakaye. We thank you. Ah, ha, 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 ha. Ah, stakaye. God will send. God will send people, and they, they need your words. They don't just, they think they need something different, but they need to hear what God puts in your mouth to say for them. So be bold to say it. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Father, we thank you tonight. We thank you tonight. We thank you tonight. We thank you. Oh, Pastor. Somebody get behind her. I don't know what she'll do. <laughs> Father, we thank you. <laughs> we thank you for it. We thank you. Ah, there's, there is so much more than what you have given place to. There is so much more of how he wants to use you. Ah, master, in, 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 in delivering the word, in flowing with it. Ah, pray it out in the spirit. Pray it out in the spirit. And when you, when you start picking it up, don't let your mind talk you out of it. 
Don't let your mind talk you out of it. All right. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Isn't Jesus a wonderful healer? Jesus, thank you tonight for that healing power. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for words. <laughs> thank you for words of this life. <sighs> we thank you. You remember when the disciples were thrown in prison and angel came and opened the door and they said, go stand in the temple and preach all the words of this life. It's not religion, it's life. And it's imparted through words. You can blame Dr. Jacobs tonight for this. He's the one that started it with words that assign angels because I was going to go a different direction. Last night and tonight. But we went the way heaven wanted. Amen. Jesus, thank you. Thank you, thank you. As head of the church, we honor you. We glorify you. We magnify you. We're so grateful. We're so grateful. We're so grateful. We're changed. We are changed. We are changed from glory to glory. Every service, every service expect change. And it's up to our response. Hallelujah. 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 Let's just raise up our hands and lift up our voice one last time. Lift your voice and tell him thank you tonight. We glorify you. We magnify you. We, we honor you tonight. We glorify you tonight. We glorify and we magnify. We magnify and we magnify. We magnify. You need to lay hands on people more. I said, you need to lay hands on people more. Get hold of those women in your church and lay hands on them. They need it. They need it. The body of Christ needs these things. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. And Father, I speak divine increase upon this congregation, upon this church, because the vision is great and it calls for divine funding. And we say we're the channels first for you to flow through. And we will do the right thing with that increase. We will fund that covenant. And we thank you for it. And I say, angels, you go and you bring them businesses. You bring them customers. The money that belongs to them as sowers, that they receive it in Jesus' name. We thank you for it. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Just lift up your voice. I don't know. I don't know what this is. I, there's something about more buildings. I don't know what it is. I don't know. There's just something about more. And it will fill up based on 
our response to his offer. I don't know what that means. And I don't know if they're buildings for church. I don't know if they're buildings for, for you. I don't know what. I just something. Something. Yeah, and if I was a minister here, I'd receive that. Yeah. For your own. Because the harvest is great. The harvest is great. The harvest is great. And some of you have been waiting on God to give you something, and he's waiting on you to take it. And you take it first with your words. Don't try to go out and take it financially if you haven't taken it with your words first. But there's something about buildings. Hallelujah. Because if we don't keep pace, we're not going to be ready for some things that he's wanting to do. Hallelujah. Buildings for this place and for other places, other locations. Amen. We take it, 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 we take it. We believe it, we believe it, we believe it. Hallelujah. His plan is great. He's never planned anything less than great. And for us to think small is to insult the plan and to insult the author of the plan. You say, well, you know, I'm nothing great. We're not talking about you. We're talking about the plan. Amen. Hallelujah. And the author of the plan. Hallelujah. We glorify you, Father. We magnify you. And everybody said, thank you, Pastor. Thank you so much for listening today. For more information about what's happening at Church on the Rock, visit cotrin.org.